belong. In rapture, praise I sing. He's my savior. He's my king. Y'all singing like you mean it. Amen, son. He's, he's my king. Amen. You got some wives who can't say that about their husbands, but mine's not one of them. She's not here, so she, she can't refute me if she ain't here. But uh, amen, somebody. But he, he's my king. And he ought to be your king. And I'm so glad he's our king. Ah, uh, better trust and believe in his marvelous love. How y'all doing this evening? So good to be in the house of God this evening amongst the people of God and hearing and preaching the word of God. Is that all right? Uh, grateful again for another opportunity that God gives us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and so, uh, again, I just want to thank all those that are here tonight, all those who have labored thus far uh, in the worship service uh, this evening. Uh, and now, if you will, uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. Is that all right? Uh, uh, meet me over there in Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. And I've got a companion set of scriptures I want us to look at as well. We're going to read Amos chapter 3, uh, verses 3 through 8, and then we're going to jump over to John uh, chapter 18. Is that all right? Amen. So, so meet me over there in uh, the Old Testament, over there in Amos chapter 3, verses 3 through 8. And then we're going to jump over to John and see what the word of God says there. Amos 3 and 3. The Bible says there, can two walk together except they be agreed? Uh, will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out in his den if he have taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth? where no gin is for him. Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people be not afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken. Who can but prophesy? All right, and go with me over to John chapter 18. And over there in John chapter 18, let's look together at verses 37 and 38. John chapter 18. Verses 37 and 38. And there the Bible reads, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. 
Pilate says unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Is that in your Bibles? My subject for tonight, and, and you'll get it, I think, hopefully, prayerfully, uh, as we go along, the one-sided truth. The one-sided truth. Now, you know, uh, to many folks, truth has two sides. It's just like a coin. Uh, amen, somebody. It's two sides to that coin. People look at truth uh, the same way. Oh, there's, there's your side, and, and then there's my side. Am I right about it? And as we walk this earthly plane, brothers and sisters, we'll come into contact with many different people from all walks of life and with varying opinions on just about any subject that you can imagine, whether it's the daily news headlines or sports or the weather or whether it's politics or religion, right or left, forward or backward, black or white, none of us agrees with the other on everything. Am I right about it? Uh, no matter your level of intelligence or how, how honest you are or how sincere you are, if there's one truth in this life, it's that you can't please everybody. Am I right about it? Uh, it doesn't matter uh, your position in life. Uh, the president of the United States can have a low approval rating. Our favorite athletes can have disappointing days on the playing field. Our favorite entertainers can have less than stellar performances in our opinion and, and even in our homes. Mom and dad aren't always fair in the eyes of the children. And the kids don't always respect mom and dad the way they ought to. And certainly with husband and wife, the lines of communication can sometimes get twisted. Anybody out there? See, the simple truth of the matter is that you can please somebody all the time. And you can please everybody sometimes. But you can never please everybody all the time. Uh, you remember that old song by the Rolling Stones? You know, I can't get no. Yeah, so I got some old school in the house. See, it's a reminder, uh, 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 no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no matter what your position is, the things you do and say will always come into conflict with the opinions and actions of others. I want us to think on this as we consider the text and uh, the challenges we face today, the conflicts that we certainly are facing today as members of the Lord's church, and as Christians, the causes we need to champion in the Lord's service. Now, what I want to deal with is not so much the issues, but the attitude that you and I ought to have. Amen. Now, now this scripture in Amos, the third chapter, suggests that no two persons can walk together except they can agree in the things that perpetuate the walk itself. In other words, if you want me to walk with you, uh, we got to agree we're going to walk together. Uh, am I right about it? Uh, when, 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 when I said to, I'll use her as an example because she ain't here. When I said to Lisa, uh, I dropped down on one knee, 
I ain't going to do it now because I can't anymore. I dropped down in my knee in that North Carolina cornfield and I said, will you, will you be mine? And she said, yes. Amen. And we decided at that point that we agreed. You, you understand? I, I, I agreed that, that I loved her, and she agreed. It meant somebody that she loved me. And we agreed that, that we're going to continue this walk together. See, I was walking on one side of the room, and she was walking on the other side. And, and we met somewhere in the middle and said, let's, let's dance. Amen. Let's dance together. It takes two to tango. Am I right about it? So we made the agreement. To walk together. Well, Amos is saying, how can two walk together except they agree? And how can we agree to walk together if we don't agree on the path that we have to walk together? Am I right? You see, it's, it's, it's the things that he's talking about here. These are rhetorical things. You know, the lion roaring and the bird and the snare. These are rhetorical questions. But these are questions that reverberate down through the centuries, even to this present day. How can two people agree on anything today? In this age, compromise seems to be less desirable than confusion. And confusion, unfortunately, seems to be more tolerated than the compulsion for those in conflict with one another to resolve their differences amicably. Why is that, Brother Veal? Well, the simple truth is that no one wants to give in. No one else wants to submit, and no one wants to be the first to admit that they don't have all the answers. Both sides in any argument need to be examined so that we can reach a conclusion that is based not on the one-sided opinions of those forces in opposition to each other, but on a common understanding of the realization of the truth. That's a difficult concept to grasp in today's world. The one-sided truth. The truth that cannot be debated. The truth that can't be ignored. The truth that binds us together. That forces us to agree as one that we can walk together on the path that God has laid for us all. In our text in John 18, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? What separates your opinion from mine? What causes someone to embrace a concept that others refuse to accept? We encounter situations like this every day, don't we? Why is your truth, Brother Veal, greater than my truth? What makes your argument more compelling than mine? What is truth, Brother Veal? Well, let's go back to Pilate. Pilate asked the question in verse 37. He says, are you a king? Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth 
heareth my voice. Now look at verse 38. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And when he said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find no fault in him at all. Pilate only realized half of it. He was 50% of the way there. Truth was standing right in front of him. Amen, somebody. Now, 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 now go with me right over to, 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 to chapter 19. And, and look at this. In chapter 19, look at this. Verse 17. And he bearing his cross, this is Jesus, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him, and on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate, St. Pilate, that asks, what is truth? All right? He says here, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the sea. It was close to the city. Everybody could see it. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Look at verse 22. Pilate answered, what I've written, I've written. You think he saw the truth? I ain't changing what I wrote. What I wrote, I wrote. And I might have said I'm not going to change it because something's telling me. This man right here is more than just a man. I asked him, are you a king? He said, well, what do you think? Huh? And what is everybody else saying? What is everybody else uh, uh, proclaiming? Even though they're denying me now, Pilate, was facing truth. And so now that Jesus is to be crucified, he writes this sign to place above his cross. He's the king of the Jews. You think he might have uh, agreed with him? You think he might have seen what the one-sided truth was despite what the Jews wanted him to write? Despite why he was brought before him in the first place, despite what everybody else was saying, despite the fact that Jesus wouldn't answer his question, he didn't have to answer his question. Do you know who I am? If you know who I am, you don't even have to ask the question. See, that's the one-sided truth. See, that's the truth that you and I need to be proclaiming as members of the Lord's church. Jesus is real. Jesus is right. Jesus is the truth, and his word is truth. Amen? Amen. See, Paula's answer was standing right in front of him. Jesus didn't have to argue his point. He didn't have to debate every disagreement. He didn't have to answer every issue. He simply held his peace and went forth. From judgment to Calvary, and from Calvary to glory, Jesus lives and lived as the embodiment of truth. He died 
as the fulfillment of truth, and he lives for those who believe as the word of truth. Am, am I talking to anybody? Amen. See, we, we need to understand this one-sided truth. And when we understand this truth, when we embrace this truth, when we realize that we have a responsibility to each other because of the common bond that we now share, Jesus is bound to us as the head of the body. Amen. And we, we, you and I, are bound to him as the members of the body. See, walking together, back to our text in Amos 3 and 3, means walking with him. We agree and we understand in him. We are the body and he's the head. Amen, somebody. Can, can you imagine a head moving one way and the body uh, moving another. Y'all might have watched some horror movies where y'all might have saw some of that. But, 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 but the body of Christ don't work like that. Uh, where in the world is the body going without the head? That doesn't make any sense. What is the world going to see if they see the head functioning without the body? You're not going to understand what the body of Christ is until you see the head and recognize that you and I are part of that one body. See, that's, that's the one-sided truth that we got to be able to share with folk. But see, the question falls on us. How are we walking? It says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, how are we walking? Well, well go with me over to 1 John, the first chapter. 1 John, the first chapter. How are we walking, Brother Veal? Well, look at this. First John, the first chapter. Look at the admonition here in verses 6 through 8. Look what it says there. First John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. There, John says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say it, and walk in darkness. See, see, the head say, but we walk in the body over here walking in darkness. Now, now see, look at what he says here. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. But look at verse number eight. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We sometimes want to beat folk up because they don't want to obey the gospel. But then what are they seeing in us? Uh, sometimes their first exposure to the gospel uh, is not in the book. Uh, it's based on the look. What are they seeing in you? If two are going to walk together, they got to agree. Well, if we agree that Jesus is Lord, then we ought to be walking in the light. And if we're walking in the light, what are we showing someone else that we want to walk in agreement with him? They want to see us walking in lockstep with what he says. Right. 
and helping them to see that they need to get from their unerring ways to walk in lockstep with him. You're not walking in lockstep with me. You're walking in lockstep with what thus say of the Lord. How can two walk together except they agree on what perpetuates the walk itself? They ought to see something in us that helps them to see that they need to be walking with him. If I'm walking in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. But if I walk in darkness, then I'm not walking in the truth. And I ain't nothing more or less than a liar. Isn't that what we tell folk when they don't obey the gospel? You're just not being honest. Now, if he knows us real well, he might say, well, look at you. You was out with me last night. You hanging out with me on Saturday talking about Jesus, well, huh? Well, and then in church on Sunday. Man, come on here. See, something ain't right. <laughs> what kind of truth you talking about? See, the truth that we want to give out is the truth that's undebatable. And we want to be able to sh display it through our attitudes and through our walk with the Lord. The truth that we have embraced is a binding truth. It's a truth that binds believer to believer, disciple to teacher, leader to follower, head to body. See, this is what compels us to walk together. We're walking in lockstep with what thus saith the Lord. This is what binds us together. Not my opinions or your opinions, but that we both agree that this is the truth. Have we ever just let folks, just, just show them the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth right here. And if I agree on it, then you can agree on it too. But I've got to be able to show it to you. You've got to be open enough to see it. But part of that is them seeing something in us that shows that we are obedient to the truth. See, we need to understand this truth that binds us together. And, and here's the truth that binds us together. Go with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I ain't going to keep you long, but I'm going to keep you strong. 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. Look at this. Verses 14 through 18. All right? Now, 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 now I know we sort of use this for some other folk. But, but, but I'm talking about us. All right, look at this, look at this. It says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? We're trying to walk together, right? Look at this, verse 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what path hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Sound like folk walking together to me he said wherefore come out from them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and you or and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty we need to understand that we are members one of another that's how we walk together as members one to another as family 
in Christ Jesus. And if we walking in fellowship one with another, if we are agreeing on this path that we ought to be on as Christians, then the, we need to look different to the rest of the world. Just yeah. piggybacking off of uh, Kevin's message this morning. We need, in, in understanding our service to the Lord, we need to understand our duty to walk by the same rule and mind the same thing even amongst ourselves. How can the two of us how can we walk together except we be agreed? We need to accept and acknowledge and be conveying the truth of God's word. Jesus says in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, walking together means embracing this one simple truth. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. Now, if we want to walk together, we got to agree. Amen. Amen, somebody. See, we need to understand that disagreement, even among Christians, breeds argument. And argument breeds confusion. And confusion breeds conflict. Conflict breeds divisiveness, and divisiveness breeds sin. Help me, somebody. How can two walk together except they be agreed? The truth is staring right at us. God's word is truth. Isn't that what Jesus prayed in the garden over there in John 17? He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth truth. Embracing God's truth and agreeing to submit to his authority is the tie that binds us, that encourages us to walk together as one. In obedience, Noah walked with God. In obedience, Abraham obeyed God. In obedience, Moses served God. In obedience, Saul of Tarsus submitted to God. See, this is the foundation for agreement. When we understand and accept that it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's all about Jesus. You see his example over there in Luke, the 22nd chapter. Before he was led away to judgment, he said in verse 42, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We need to agree on this. Can you imagine Jesus praying in the garden? Father, if you will, let this cup pass from me. Can you imagine God the Father saying, well, then how can we agree? If I let you live, don't you understand the plan that you and I put together? See, this plan, see, all I did was send myself in mortal flesh into the world so that you could touch the lives of those folk that were living at that time, that they can see me 
through you. Because they won't understand me until they see thee. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Amen. Now I bring you here for that purpose, and now we can't agree. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Amen. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. For the sake of unity, for the sake of the purpose, for the sake of the proclamation, and for the sake of man's salvation, I got to get with the program. Amen. <laughs> we all have those moments sometimes. We just got to get back on the program. Amen, somebody. How can two walk together except they be agreed? See, the ultimate sacrifice demanded the utmost obedience. Not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's the challenge of today. For a world that chooses selfishness over selflessness, values chaos over calm, that prefers living riotously rather than righteously. The prophet's answer to the question posed in Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together except they be agreed, is no. But the choice for each of us is to walk together, to walk in agreement, and to walk in obedience. Amen, somebody? We've got to walk in obedience. See, when we walk in the truth, when we walk in the light, when we walk in love, when we walk in obedience, we can walk together. As husbands and wives, we can walk together. As children and parents, we can walk together. As brothers and sisters in the Lord, we can walk in harmony, one with another, trusting in the truth of the Lord. Y'all remember that song? When we walk in the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And as we go forth, go forth in truth. Go forth by truth and go forth with truth. This is the challenge of today. Amen. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Let's agree that this is the truth. Amen. And we're just going to preach Jesus. Amen. We're just going to proclaim Jesus. We're just going to praise Jesus. And we're just going to serve Jesus. Go forth with truth. The Bible is right and his word is true. Give him the truth. Give them the truth that hearing and believing God's word, repenting of your sins, confessing him as Lord, being baptized for the remission of your sins, that's the truth of God's word. We got book for all of that. Amen. And after you have obeyed from the heart that form of gospel which has been delivered unto men, you can walk with him. And you can walk together in agreement. And while you're walking on the way to heaven, 
you can walk with brothers and sisters who agree on that same truth. There's too much division in the world today. And guess what? Some of it's right here in the Lord's church. How can we walk together except we be agreed? If we can't agree on everything, can we just agree that that word is true? Can we just agree that the Bible is right? And, you know, that, that, that's the platform for unity. Can we, what, what, instead of us fighting over what we can't agree on, why don't we have a conversation about what we do agree on? Is Jesus Lord? Yes. Is sin our problem? It sure is. Can you save yourself? You might get some argument there. But if you can show them the truth of God's word, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God Amen. is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Well, then why don't you confess him as Lord, repent of your sin that you know you're in because we've already showed it to you, be baptized for the remission of your sin, and then the Lord our God will add you to his body, the body of Christ, the church of Christ. Then you can walk with him in agreement, and you can walk with other folks who are walking in agreement, and we can go out here and together show this world the peace of God and the peace through God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you have a mind to serve him tonight, why don't you do so right now as we together stand and sing the song of invitation.